Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. All right, Film Geeks, today we're talking about the latest from Ben Affleck, Air, with Matt Damon. Let's talk about it. Up, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Woo, what a busy week. Happy Easter to those who celebrate and also happy Passover to my Jewish cousins. What a fun time it is for us. A lot of celebration, a lot of good music, good fun, good family, good food. It's a beautiful time of the year and it's a busy time of the year movie wise as well. I mean, this month is slam packed with things and movies coming out and it's only just begun and I feel like I'm already playing catch up. This is two of three reviews I'm doing this week. So you should have already heard a thousand and one. That was actually the last March film review that I did came out on Wednesday and we're having two this week. We have air, which we're talking about right now and then super Mario brothers. Okay. Okay. It's, it's, it's a lot. It feels like it's just, it's so much. Um, March felt very light. I, I almost had to make myself watch things in March. It felt like the schedule just felt really light. And now everything's kind of jam packed, which makes sense. We're getting ready for the summer season. This is when people really want to release their movies because this is where the money gets made. Spring break is happening. Schools are letting out. Parents are trying to find something to do with their kids and it's hot and a movie theater has air conditioning. So yeah, actually funny thing. So I used to work at a movie theater, right? Once upon a time. And I remember this was in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is about an hour and a half northeast of Charlotte, which is where I grew up. So I'm in Greensboro working at a movie theater and we had like this really big like snow ice storm. It was awful. I'd actually gotten in a car accident like a week or so before and I had a rental car. Thank God that car that I had would not have made it at all in uh, any kind of ice or snowstorm. But the rental I had was great. And I ended up having to go to work and me being, you know, reckless, reckless and 22 you know, whatever, who cares? Uh, so I, I remember driving thinking, oh, no one's going to show up. No one's going to do anything. No, we were busy. People were walking to the theater, you know, finding ways to get there. I mean, the roads were terrible. People were just dying to get out of the house. So the movie theater 
has always been a place, I think, for people to kind of escape, but also just a place to just be and you can relax, watch a good movie, get out of the house. But ultimately, I think it's the the escape that people are after. And this is the time of the year, for whatever reason, people like to do the most escaping. And I think that's because there's just so much more free time on your hands. You're not so busy. You have a lot more time to really think about the things that matter and people don't want to. Let's go to the movies. Let's be someone else for two hours. And what a time was had. So yesterday, um, I'm recording this on a Thursday. So last night, or actually yesterday afternoon, I saw Air. New Ben Affleck film. This is his fifth film. We had Gone Baby Gone, which came out when I was in college. I want to say like 2007, 2008. Uh, My brain is saying 2007. Now I have to double check. I shouldn't have said anything. Let us double check. Oh, no, I'm smart. Yes, 2007. And that movie, if I'm not mistaken, I think got at least one Academy Award nomination. Best Supporting Actress for, I do not remember her name, but she was incredible in that movie. So yeah, Gone Baby Gone, The Town, which came out in 2010, Argo 2012, Live By Night, which came out in 2016. That's the one I haven't seen. And this is his first you know, directed film since 2016, goodness, um, almost seven years later, air. And this one to me seems a little bit special. It, it's, it seems a little bit different. Um, is this as good as his other ones? Um, from what I heard about Live By Night, this is probably better than that. But I don't think it's better than Argo. Um, uh not better. Okay. Yeah. I'd say out of the five, this might be like number four, but it's good. It's actually very, very good. So let's get some of the, you know, particulars out the way. So we have, this is air directed by Matt Damon. And I learned this yesterday. This is written by Alex Convery. Hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Um, He has plenty of time for us to get his name right. This is his first screenplay. His first screenplay, right out the gate, he gets Ben Affleck to direct his screenplay. Wow. And what an an incredible, we'll talk about that. So, you know, directed by Ben Affleck, written by Alex Convery, starring Matt Damon, Ben Affleck himself, Jason Bateman, Viola Davis, Chris Messina, uh, Gustav Skarsgård. I believe he's part of the Skarsgård family. I swear on my life, I'm going to marry one of those brothers. It's going to happen. Marlon Wayans, Chris Tucker, Matt Mayer, a great cast, great cast. So what is this about exactly? So this is about one of the greatest business deals of all time, the relationship between Nike and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, who's kind of fresh out of college, he's been drafted to the NBA, he's going to play for the Bulls. And you know, shoe companies are looking to sign with him. Now, Jordan up until this point was an Adidas guy, you know, Converse was kind of ruling the basketball world and everyone was wearing, you know, Converse on the court. So apparently Michael Jordan would uh, wear Converse when he played. But as soon as he stepped off courts off the court, he'd go right back into his Adidas shoes. He was all about Adidas, did not care for Nike. And now we're here at Nike, which is not the top company that we know it to be today. You know, it's Nike. It's all about Nike is all athletic wear. It's, it's, it's number one, essentially. Right. But it wasn't always like that. You know, Nike was not a struggling company, but it was, you know, 
fighting with competition and their basketball division was struggling at the time. The draft had just ended, right? So these, you know, college boys are going to the NBA. So they're looking to see who can we sign with to get to wear our shoes so we can, you know, kind of build and market around this individual. And Michael Jordan is on the list where they're like, yep, no, we're not going to get Michael. Michael is definitely going with Adidas. But it's we know that doesn't happen. And I love stories like this where it's not, you know, it's historical in a sense because this is the mid-80s. And I guess at this point you can call this history. God, that's so weird because I was only born a few years later. But it's, it's, it's a different kind of history because this is something that's still happening very much now. Michael Jordan, while he's retired, and I believe he still lives in Charlotte. Crazy, though, because I grew up in Charlotte. And it wasn't unusual to see him in different spots or different places or to even see him at Hornets games. Um, so he, he, he's kind of become a normal figure around the Charlotte area. So he's very much still around. The Jordan shoe is still very much a thing. People are still buying that thing. Jordan, baby Jordan shoes are the cutest thing ever, but I cannot justify spending that much money on someone's feet and they can't even walk. But I digress to each their own. If you are a parent who buys your baby Jordans, you style that baby to the nines. Do it, do it, do it. God bless you with a gift. Adorn that gift with the best apparel. I don't know if I could do it though, to each their own. So, you know, the Jordan shoe is still very much a thing. So this isn't, you know, it, it's it's history. We're living in the middle of it, kind of. And it's it's always kind of funny when you're kind of in the middle of the, the thing and you're you're living in that moment, but you don't always know how that thing started. I imagine that to be, you know, for Gen Z, right? They're living in the middle of this social media era. It's very much their normal. It's every day. But then, you know, someone would come out with a movie about AOL Messenger or MySpace. I, I think it would be kind of akin to that, right? We're very much in the now with basketball shoes and Jordans and basketball players who have their own feet line or whatever. I don't think we give much thought to the beginning of it all. And so to know where the Jordan shoe is now, to know the revenue and the money that's being made from that, what Michael Jordan makes from that, just he doesn't even, it's passive income income for him. And if you're in content creation, there's always a subject of passive income. We talk about it all the time. This is passive and he doesn't do nothing. It's it's money. He he gets a percentage of it. He just makes a little over $400 million every single year. He could do absolutely nothing for the rest of his life and live perfectly well off of the Jordan shoe money. It's insane. We know how huge this thing is, but to think that not only does it have a beginning, but it almost didn't. It almost didn't. And I think similar to a thousand and one, it all boils boils down to the love and the strength of a mother. So what is this thing about? This movie is about Sonny Vaccaro who worked in the, a uh, recruitment end of uh, Nike's basketball division, trying to recruit players to sign on with Nike so they could push their shoes. And there's a bit of a struggle. Now, here's the thing about this movie that I thought was so beautifully done is that it's, and this is a credit to both the writer and the director, because the writer obviously pieced this in here where he pretty much 
took this story and he wrapped it in a metaphor. And it's all about gambling. It's all about taking risk. That's what this movie is about. This movie is about taking a risk, stepping out in faith and believing in yourself and having confidence and, you know, saying, you know what, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to stick to this. I I know I can see how this is going to work out, playing the odds, knowing the game and believing in the outcome. Okay. So we're wrapped in this metaphor of risk taking and gambling because that's what this deal was, right? It was one big gamble. So you have Sonny Vaccaro, who's part of this recruitment division, who's in charge of, you know, getting players signed on to Nike and they're struggling trying to figure out because, you know, this is the year of Michael Jordan. This is the year of Charles Barkley. Who are they going to get, right? And so, you know, you have Sonny Vaccaro who's sitting at home watching basketball tapes. He's a basketball guy. He's obsessed. And he's watching this video of Michael Jordan, and he sees something that other people miss, something from a championship game when he was a freshman at UNC. And he realized, like, this kid's not just great, but he's going to change the world. He could see this kid, a video of this kid at 18 years of age, a freshman, and and see the potential. Does that make sense? When no one else could, they he sees the potential in Michael Jordan and realizes this guy is going to be the greatest basketball player of all time. He's going to be great. He's going to live forever. I mean, eternity is basically written into his career. And he's like, we have to have this guy. We have to have this guy. You know, they're prepared to spend a certain amount of money on three different players. And he's like, nope, we need to take all the money we have and go all in on this one dude. So remember that metaphor I talked about gambling? That's where it is. We're going to go all in on Jordan. And everyone's like, you're crazy. You're you're stupid. You're dumb. Even, you know, Jordan's agent, like, he's going to go with Adidas. Like, why are you wasting your time? And he's like, nope, nope. We can do something for him that no one else can. And he's prepared to, like, go all in and not just go all in and say, hey, why don't we create a shoe? A creative shoe that is designed for Jordan but appeals to the masses. And now we have the Jordan shoe. That's their story here. The story is all about that gamble, all about that risk. Sonny Vaccaro going all in and trying to convince everyone. We have Philip Knight, played by Ben Affleck, who is the CEO of uh, Nike, who's still alive, by the way. That's insane. Rob Strasser, who works with, you know, Sonny Vaccaro in the basketball division. David Falk, who was... Uh, Michael Jordan's manager at the time, Howard Knight, who also worked for Nike, played by Chris Tucker. And the randomness of Marlon Wayans in this movie, which was just too funny to me. But hey, and Miss Viola Davis. Funny enough, Viola Davis was handpicked, I believe, by Michael Jordan. And, you know, because he's like, if someone's going to play my mom, I want it to be her. That's incredible. To realize you've made it that far where someone says, if you're gonna, I want this person to play my mom. To know that you're that kind of a, you're that caliber of an actress. You are that good at your job. You're good at that craft. You are that kind of trusted that Michael Jordan says, if you're gonna make a movie about me, she's playing my mother. Because she's not just Michael Jordan's mother, she is a crucial part of the story. Because no one believes in Sonny. No one believes he can do this thing. And he's determined to get it done. So he decides he's going to risk it all. Risk it all. Remember our metaphor here. He's going to risk it all by going to Jordan's mother directly. He goes out to Wilmington, North Carolina, which is like one of the farthest edges of North Carolina. Absolutely beautiful. I believe it's like three hours west of Charlotte. Okay, random tangent. This is, I don't miss much about Charlotte, but the one thing I miss about living in Charlotte is being so close to everything. And by everything, I mean, I was three hours from the beach and like an hour from the mountains. That much I do miss, but I digress. Now, 
he goes and he meets with Michael Jordan's mother directly and kind of puts it in her face that everyone else is kind of talking to you by phone. Everyone else is going to give you a spiel. What it is you see in your son, I see it too. And I think we can take that, we can harness it, and we can build something. We can create a legacy. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So is this movie any good? That's the question everyone's asking because Ben Affleck has created a reputation for himself. I happen to enjoy him as director. And out of all his movies, my favorite is definitely still Gone Baby Gone. And I think it's because Casey Affleck, I have like a mild little crush on him. I'm not going to lie. And I think that movie was just so good. I ended up reading the books sometime after that. And then the whole series, because I think I mentioned this before, Gone Baby Gone is the fourth book in a series of books by Dennis Lehane. And that to me was such a shocking thing. Now, that wasn't his first time behind the camera. Before that, he did direct a short film. And he also was a co-writer for Goodwill Hunting, which him and Matt Damon both won an Academy Award for. And then, you know, several years later, what, 10 years later, because 1997-98 was Goodwill Hunting, and then 10 years later, he gets back behind the camera, and he's directing Gone Baby Gone, and I believe he also co-wrote it as well. And it was spectacular. It was good. I think this was, you know, not as difficult for him because this is his brother. So this is someone he knows, he's grown up with. He knows what his brother is capable of. He understands his brother's style. There's a certain love and camaraderie there, you know, a uh, a, a vibe that's easy for him to work with. And also this being his first really big time behind the camera, I imagine having family there made it easier. But he was able to pull such a spectacular performance out of his brother. And he was able to pull an Academy Award nominated performance out of, golly, I can't remember her name, but she was amazing. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. And it was a great film, beautifully written, great direction, beautifully cast. Just very smart, very smooth, and very wise, and very quick. The thing I've always loved about Ben Affleck's direction is that he doesn't, you know, there's no, it's not a slow burn. It, he's very quick into the action. We're, we're, he, we're thrust into something that's kind of already in motion. 
not like Don't Worry Darling, where I felt like we were kind of thrown into an, an, an already moving plot, which I enjoyed. I love that part. I love when we're thrown into a story that's already in motion and we're kind of having to pick up the pieces of before and the pieces of after. The thing about Ben Affleck's film is that his films are just already moving. They're very quick paced and they're very fast. And this one's no different. Argoth was like that. The town was like that. The in, the first 10 minutes of the town were so impressive. I will never forget it. Incredible. But this film, I don't think it packs the same punch that his other films pack, but I think it lives up to his reputation as a great auteur, someone who is worthy to sit in that circle. Definitely, 1000%. So, no, this isn't as good as his other ones, but it is good. I think this lapse lacks a little bit of the emotional depth that some of the other films had. It didn't have some of the same, like, heart-wrenching moments that, say, Argo had. When the plane took off and Argo, um, if you don't know anything about that movie, please go watch it. But when they were taking off in the plane from Iran and they were getting out of um, Iranian airspace and... Just that moment in the theater where everyone was holding their breath. And as soon as it was announced, they were out of Iranian airspace where they got into the plane and everyone just audibly exhaled, audibly exhaled. That was such a moment, such a moment. And then in Gone Baby Gone, where days later, I'm having conversations with people like, what would you do? If you were put in that situation, you know, movies like that, that just kind of create conversation and and force you to question your own moral compass. This doesn't quite do that but there is an emotional monologue moment by Matt Damon that's worthy of everything and it's so good and it was such a great reminder as to why this man literally ran the 90s that's something else here in this movie is the casting did I even answer the question is it any good yes this is good it's solid it's well done it doesn't have the same kind of emotional depth that a lot of his other films had but it's beautifully written thank you to Mr. Alex who is incredible in his writing debut Ben's direction the way he kind of pulls out of these different um, these different actors and he he brings something magnanimous to the table. That's the thing. The casting here is just absolutely brilliant. I would love to know the intentionality behind it because, because, because you have so many new up and comers coming up, right? Who are making their name and doing big things. You have Timothy Chandelier, whatever his name is, Zendaya, Florence Pugh, all these new people, Jenna Ortega, these new people that everyone has their eyes on. Yet the casting decided, let's go old school. Let's take it back. You know, we're talking about the king of kings business deals here. Let's take it back. Let's take these giants who were once giants, who are still giants in their own right, and let's put them in a movie about building greatness. You have Ben Affleck, you have Matt Damon, Chris Tucker, Marlon Wayans, Chris Messina, Jason Bateman. These, some of these guys, they ruled the 90s. They ruled the 90s. And this is something I miss about that time period because everything is all about the franchise. Everyone thinks about the franchise. It's all about, did you guys see the new Marvel movie? Have you seen the new DC movie? You know, stuff like that. Nobody cares about the actors. I think it was the dude from Shang-Chi, one of the Marvel movies, because Quentin Tarantino made a comment about, you know, how we don't have movie stars anymore and everything is all about the franchise. Kind of the art of it all is kind of gone. Shang-Chi took that personal stuff about, you know, I led a $400 million dollar movie or da 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 something to that effect and 
I'm looking at his tweet like, bro, that's exactly it. You let a $400 million movie, a movie that's an inconsequential in the franchise. No one's really talking about Shang-Chi anymore. And truth be told, they could have put anybody in that role because nobody cares. Nobody cares about you. They care about the character. They care about the piece this plays in the overall story. Nobody cares about actors anymore. You know, you could literally put anything into anything because it's all about the franchise. It's all about, you know, taking these characters that we've already seen in other places and then putting them in film. But it's crazy though, because there's also a little bit of a little bit of fatigue that's coming. I'm interested to see how the little mermaid does. I I anticipate it to do well, but I'm wondering if it's going to do as well as they anticipate, because there is a bit of fatigue with seeing some of the same things we've seen a thousand times. And I bet, I think there's also a little bit of a superhero fatigue as well. But I love what I loved about this film is it really kind of brought us back to that era of the movie star where these guys were literally running the world, running the 90s. I mean, Marlon Wayans was basically running television for a little while with his brother. I mean, they were doing the damn thing. I mean, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck were freaking kings, y'all. Chris Tucker, come on now. Once upon a time, when you went to the movies, you were going to go see the Ben Affleck movie. You're going to see the Matt Damon movie. You're going to see the Tom Cruise movie, the Denzel Washington movie, because there was this relationship between the audience and the actor, this sense of trust, that it didn't matter what the hell they did. We knew we were going to get something quality. We knew. And, you know, with directors, oh, we're going to go see the new Spielberg movie. We knew. There was that relationship, this sense of trust, where we knew what kind of quality we were going to get from A, B, C, and D. And even if that actor wasn't a good actor, sometimes it was like, I'm going to go see that new movie because he's going to take his shirt off and it's going to look good. It was that sense of trust, that, 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 um, that little parasocial relationship between the audience and the actor. It's gone. It's missing. And I think this film kind of brought a little bit of that back. Because you look at these casts and you already know just looking at them, oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. The casting in this is absolutely brilliant. And I would love to just sit down and say, okay, what were y'all thinking? I need to know. Was it intentional? Because that's what I got out of it. But yeah, this movie is solid. It's quick paced. It's a little under two hours and it moves so well. But I love that about Ben Affleck. He knows how to pace a film. Actors are sometimes make good directors because there's something about it that they get. And in terms of pulling out great performances, they, they know what to look for. And I think at times they also know what they wish other directors would have done with them. And so they in turn do that themselves. And with Ben Affleck's, you know, acting resume, he's always been kind of a pretty face, tall, dark and handsome, you know, no one, I think, has really given him the opportunity to really just kind of shine and excel beyond that pretty face. And so he's had movies where he's really just made actors shine. He's given actors an opportunity to just blossom and shine and show off. Gone Baby Gone, The Town, Argo, and now here where he he gives Matt Damon an opportunity to just be Matt freaking Damon. The monologue at the very end gosh, they don't do that anymore. They don't make movies like that anymore. The nostalgia in this for me wasn't so much the 80s part of it. I mean, I was a baby and for a lot of this, I wasn't even born. But I think some of y'all might enjoy the sports nostalgia of it all. Just kind of that memory of the draft, that big draft of Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley and whatnot. But for me, the nostalgia was were the actors. 
remembering when these guys were kings, when they ruled Hollywood, when we would drop whatever because so-and-so was in a movie and we knew we were going to get a laugh. We knew we were going to cry. We knew we were going to move, be moved to the next level. That was it for me. That to me was the most impressive part. The casting to, in this was genius. Absolutely genius. But in terms of uh, the rest of the film, because we know the acting's good. I've already raved about that. The pacing in this was really, really very well done. The editing was very quick. And I mentioned this about Ben Affleck, how his movies, his films move and, and everything's quick. The editing in this is very smooth. It's very quick. It's just, it's, it's a, it's a ride. It's, it's a ride. This movie is kind of a ride and it's something that you can kind of get into and be drawn into and enjoy. I love this. I absolutely love this. If I had to pick a favorite movie of the year, and apparently according to my spreadsheet, I've seen 25. <laughs> Y'all, I've seen 25 movies this year. This, probably my favorite. Probably my favorite of the year. And I'm, in, I'm anxious to see what comes out towards the end of the year. <laughs> Is it too early to talk about awards? I don't think so. I think if a movie presents itself and it at least leads you to ask the question, then why not talk about it? Do I think this movie is going to garner any kind of awards? I don't know. Now, Tiana Taylor from 1001, I think she is on a short list for Best Actress. That movie, quite possibly, maybe Best Picture. I don't know. Um... I wouldn't put it, I mean, the movie was just dry for me. So I don't, I don't, I wouldn't call it best picture, but you know, I'm not a voting member of any kind of group. So what do I know? Um, maybe best original screenplay, but this movie air with Ben Affleck, do I think there are any award potentials here? I think the only one award that this could possibly get would be, best screenplay I don't know if this would count as adapted or original I'm not sure if you know because this is based on a true story these these are people that already exist so it might be adapted I can never remember how any of that works but I think there is potential for Mr. Alex on his first go-round with writing for a feature film to get some attention for his screenplay because it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant it's beautifully done I don't know if this movie itself will um, pull any awards, but I do believe it sets the bar. As of right now, as far as I'm concerned, this is the bottom of the barrel. This is the standard in terms of what greatness it should look like for any kind of awards in 2024. Um, this is good direction, good acting. It's not as heavy on the depth as any of his other films have been. However, it is beautifully written, and I think it sets a bar. I I think this is, you know, if you are going to get any kind of award attention, you need to be better than this. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense because I, I, I'm not sure what the summer is going to look like. We have Christopher Nolan's giant of a film coming out um, about the atom bomb guy, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer. I can never get the man's name right. I should at this point. I like World War II history. I should know better. But I don't. I don't know what this film could possibly do. I hate it when good movies come out too early because they're 
they can be forgotten. But, you know, Elvis, I think, kind of escaped that curse by coming out in the summertime. We shall see. But my thing is that if there are movies coming out and they want to get any kind of award attention, they need to be better than air. I think this movie sets a standard. It sets the bar. This is, you know, if you want to at least, you know, move somewhere up the ladder, you've got to get past this one. And that's all I'm going to say on that. Thank you so much for listening to me talk about Air Twas Fun. So just to sum it up, this movie directed by Ben Affleck, I don't think it packs as heavy of a depth punch as his other films, but it's a solid, solid piece of work. Very well done. Beautifully acted. I'm obsessed with the casting choices. Highly recommend Get a Ticket. So what is coming up, y'all? What's coming up? So I mentioned this before. I think I did. I don't remember. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. You should be getting that review. It's either going to be right after this one or within a couple of hours. Um, again, I'm recording this one on a Thursday. It all depends on how Friday goes. Sometimes things get a little unpredictable on a Friday. And yeah, I try not to press my luck. So yeah, that's how that works. And then next week... Oh, next week, next week. Can you hear the smile in my voice? Can you hear it? Beautiful disaster. Now I'm going to be real with y'all. If you're listening to this, um, as far as that review goes, I'm just going to give you kind of a little bit of a preview. I don't expect it to be good. I don't expect the movie to be good. I don't need it to be good. What I need are two things. Number one, I need the eye candy. Okay. I need sometimes I, I need something good to look at. Okay. I live in New Orleans. Everyone here is either college age gay or married i don't have a lot of good eye candy here and sometimes you just need something pretty to look at and that's what i need and also i need this to be better than the invitation i need this to give me what the invitation didn't get that's what i need from beautiful disaster but the cultural uh significance of that movie and the genre that part i can't wait to talk about that's what i'm looking forward to the most so the bar for me is not set very high i don't i don't need it i need honestly i'm just looking to be entertained i'm looking to be entertained and i'm looking to get a little flustered that's it really some movies are just like that i think last year for me it was jurassic park it was the nostalgia of it all. I just, I wanted a good time. I wanted to be entertained. I didn't need it to be good. Some movies, I need this to be good. I need it to be spectacular. I need it to be amazing. And other movies, I just want to be in the theater and I just want to have fun. And that's what Beautiful Disaster is. But ultimately, if it's better than The Invitation, then it wins. It wins. And I can't wait. Oh my goodness, I'm looking forward to it. Other movies that are coming out, I'm waiting for tickets to pop up for Chevalier. Um, about the black violinist from France, a historical drama. I'm looking forward to that one. That one just looks very, very interesting. Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Did I even get that title right? I never gotten that title right. Waiting for tickets for that one as well. So right now, the only ticket that's in the queue is Beautiful Disaster. And ooh, I can't wait. Yes, I'm excited. I'm so excited. But yeah, that's what's happening. Um, again, happy Easter. Happy Passover. I hope you have an amazingly wonderful weekend. I love you very, very much. And I will see you next time. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. 
Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.